Hello, and welcome to The Shining Light, where we are shining the light of the gospel and speaking the truth in love, providing strength, and stirring the hearts of our listeners. We are so glad to have you joining us today as you listen to this message from Pastor Tim Cruz. Wonderful for resurrection power. We have access to that same power tonight, and may the Lord help us to walk in that. The Bible talks about entering into the fellowship of His sufferings. Think of that. And so we fellowship with the Lord, and, and yet we find His presence and His peace there. My brother sent me a text today, and he said, you know, they've been laboring there for 10 years in the location in that area, and uh, a church plant out of our church, out of Shining Light, there in Concord. And they've had people saved through the years and different people they've reached. But right there in the immediate vicinity, right around the church, there's some homes and people they've been ministering to and, and just connecting with and uh, here and there reaching out to and praying for. But he said last Sunday night there was a neighbor, a lady who came and looked in the window of the back door of the church while they were having service. And then she came today, I understand it, and said, when I looked in the window last week, it seemed like there was such peace in this place. And I thought, that's what I need. I don't have peace, but I need peace. And she came, heard the gospel, and trusted Christ. And uh, he said, they're just rejoicing in what God has done. I want to tell you, there are people, that's what they're looking for. They have no peace. And uh, they not only have troubles in their lives, but they have a troubled heart when they think about eternity and uh, what's going to happen to them when they leave this world. And we've got the answer. You see, uh, rather than just thinking, oh, we just got to preach to people. We got to straighten people out. No, Jesus, oh, he, he loved them. Can you imagine if we had the heart and the spirit of Jesus Christ being kind to people and uh, just reflecting uh, his goodness and his grace? I want to tell you, that would make all the difference in this community. And people need the Lord, but let's uh, just do all that we can to share Christ with them this week. I want you to take your Bibles and let's just look tonight for a moment in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 23. There's a theme here that's recurring and I hope that you'll see this and highlight it in your Bible concerning the crucifixion of our Savior. And there were different statements or sayings He made from the cross. One of the one that we're most familiar with is in Luke 23 and verse 34. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I think about that and wow. What it takes to make a statement toward our Heavenly Father in prayer on behalf of those who are doing so much harm and hurt in our lives. I mean, rejected him, railing on him. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I think about, hold your place here. You don't have to turn, but I'll just read this. Maybe you'll want to write the reference down. A verse that I read some years back, and I remember preaching in a meeting from 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 8, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Had they known it. Had they not been blinded by their sin and their self-righteousness, had they said, God opened my eyes, help me to see, is this man true? Are his claims so? Had they known it, had they seen it, had they been open to it, they would not have crucified 
the Lord of glory. Now we know that the Father had a purpose and a plan. We know that in His sovereignty, Jesus Christ was the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. He had to be our substitute, our sacrifice. We understand that. But He's saying there, if these people whose hearts were so hardened, if they just would allow, have allowed the God of heaven to open their eyes, well, they would have seen what they were doing. They would in no way said, oh, yes, crucify him, crucify him. Let's get rid of him. Oh, give us Barabbas. Oh, we'll take that thief over this lying deceiver of man. It's amazing, isn't it? I want to tell you, you may be zealous about something tonight, and you're totally off base. You don't, you're not seeing it from God's perspective. Because had they known, had you seen it from God's perspective, you wouldn't have said that. You wouldn't have responded that way. You wouldn't feel that way in your heart towards someone else. So oftentimes having ears to hear, we don't hear. Having eyes to see, we don't see. Because we're blinded by our pride and our self-will, our self-righteousness. And we need God to deliver us from ourselves to open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of His Word, the law of God. And so, but that's where they were. And Jesus cried, Father, forgive them. Yes, they have closed their eyes. They have closed their ears. They won't see it. They won't hear it. Father, forgive them. They don't see. They don't understand what they're doing. Oh, what would happen to us if we had the heart of Jesus Christ? You say, well, if I don't stand up for myself, if I don't push back, if I don't go after people like they came after me, I mean, where's that going to leave me? Let me ask you, where did it leave Jesus? It left Him on the cross. That's where you don't want to be, neither do I. I don't want to stay in a place of suffering. I don't want to suffer for someone else's wrong, someone else's sin. I mean, come on, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to push back every time. I'm going to put people in their place. He could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set him free. He could have called 10,000 angels, but he died alone. He stayed on that cross for you and me. Isn't that amazing? See, that's what their taunts were. Now think about this. This is powerful to me because I've lived this. Verse 35, And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him, offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. See, they're mocking him again. This is the king of the Jews, everybody. I want you to know who this is. Yeah, we hung him on a cross. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him. I mean, it's not enough that he's getting it from everyone beneath him, as it were, but one right beside him. He's railing on him, saying, If thou be Christ, if you are who you claim to be, save thyself and us. Do you see a theme reoccurring there? I like to study themes. I like to study words and phrases. 
And I've underlined these in my Bible. Verse 35, save himself. Let him save himself. Verse 37, save thyself. Verse 39, save thyself. There are going to be times when the adversary comes to you and that's what he whispers in your ear. Aren't you tired of this? Have you had enough of this? Be misunderstood, misrepresented? Aren't you done with this? I mean, come on. Why don't you take your life into your own hands? I know you've given it to God. You've given it away in that regard. But it's time you take it back because you can surely do better by yourself than obviously God can because look where you following God has led you. <laughs> look where you are. This is not where you want to be. Wow. But the other answering rebuked him saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward for, of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me. Underline that. When thou comest into thy kingdom, Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Amazing. Tonight in just a little while we're going to remember the Lord. We're going to remember the one who remembered us. Others forget us. Others fail. Others even forsake. But Jesus never. He's never forgotten his own. He also has never forsaken his own. He remembers us. The Bible even says that our names are written in the palm of his hand. Can you imagine that? Engraved there. Never to be erased. He'll never forget his own. The Bible talks about a mother. It may be possible for a mother with a nursing child to forget that child, to be hardened or so discouraged or in despair that she would just forget that child. That may be possible. But it's not possible for God to forget us. He said, I will never forget you. That's wonderful, isn't it? So he said, remember me. And Jesus said, today, this day, this moment, thou shalt be with me in paradise. And there he was in heaven, as I said this morning. If ask how he came, how he made it there, what qualified him for heaven, he just simply answered, the man on the middle cross told me I could come. What a great statement. That's the only plea that you have. That's the only claim that you have to heaven and me tonight. The man on the middle cross told me I could come. But I want you to go back to this and notice. The Bible says here, save thyself. I don't know what you're going to face in life. And sometimes when you yield yourself to God to do His will, and then you end up in a place where you never anticipated in those moments, you're wrangling within, and you're going to have to make a decision. Am I going to, by faith, embrace the promise of God and embrace this trouble, embrace this trial, as I was preaching this morning, just embrace what's going on and deal with it in faith? Or am I in unbelief going to shun it and say, but I don't need this, I don't want this, I'm going to step away from this. You're going to have a decision to make. As I think about these taunts, I think about 
just the fact that Jesus, as He stayed on the cross, see, that's why I believe in Jesus, not because He came down off of the cross, but rather that He stayed on the cross. That's why I believe on Him, because He stayed there to bear my sin in His own body. They said this back in Matthew 27 as they mocked Him there. If thou be the Son of God, it says, come down from the cross. Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest in three days, save thyself. In verse 42, he saved others, himself he cannot save. Wow. Here you're trying to help all these other people. Who's going to help you? Now listen to me. Let's just get down for a minute to where we're living. You're going to go home tonight. And you're going to go home with yourself and with your family. The Christian life is not about fanfare. It's not about, oh, did we just really enjoy the service today? That has its place. I'm glad it does. But I'll tell you, the reality is you are you and your family is who your family is. And right there is where your victory is going to be won or lost day to day this week. And that's where your greatest joys and sometimes your deepest sorrows are going to come from. What are you going to do in those moments? How are you going to respond just like the pastor's wife whose daughter ran away and uh, she said the devil was taunting her. I've got your firstborn. I'm coming after your next two. And she goes to her husband and says, hey, we got to leave. <laughs> we got to leave. We got to get out of here. I'm not going to lose any more of my children. I'm done with being a pastor's wife. We're done in the ministry. We have to leave. And he said, honey, there's only one problem. She said, what is that? He said, God hasn't told me to leave. God hasn't told me to leave. Somehow they humbled themselves before the Lord in a prayer meeting. A deacon stood up and said, our pastor and our pastor's wife are so brokenhearted over their firstborn who's away from the Lord. I believe God would have us to intercede on their behalf and her behalf tonight. The next morning as he was getting ready, shaving, that girl who'd been away for some time had come back home through the night Knocked on the door. The mother went. She said, Mom, where's Dad? She said, He's upstairs. She ran upstairs and fell before him. She said, Daddy, God woke me up in the middle of the night and told me if I didn't come home tonight, that last night, this morning, if I didn't come home now, I'd never make it back home. She said, I want you to forgive me. She got right with God. She married a preacher. He was a youth pastor for a while. Last I heard, he was pastoring a church, and they're serving the Lord together. But that pastor and his wife stayed against every urge, instinct, and impulse, humanly speaking. Save thyself. What are you doing bearing these burdens? What are you doing carrying this cross? Why would you do this? Oh, we live in a day to where there's such ease that people have in a country in a land of abundance that have been so blessed by God and it's so easy to lose sight of what's eternal, thinking, wow, I'm doing what's right. Sometimes it seems falling further and further behind. Others are mocking me, making fun of me, and sometimes in my own heart I'm thinking, how in the world I get to this place and what am I going to do about it? You have to make up your mind in that moment. You going to step aside? I mean, it's your choice. Is there a point to where you're going to say, now that's enough for me? 
Lord, I love you, but this is as far as I'm going to go. I just can't bear this anymore. I've got to kind of chart my own course. Surely my course going forward is going to be better than where I'm at right now. That's what I said this morning. Be careful when you think, wow, I can't get any worse than this. <laughs> That's not a wise statement. The Bible talks about a, a bird wandering from its nest, how vulnerable it is to be prey. We have to be careful because those urges at times, we've got to be careful that we don't act upon them. We don't give in to them. You know, I thought about this. Of course, you have the... Uh, Synopsis of the gospel, you have the harmony of the gospels, you have uh, different accounts written in the gospels by the same different, uh, or the account, different aspects of it that are given to us. And I think about, as you read this in other places, there are different phrases and expressions that God gives, but I think about how we bring that home to us here. I think about that pastor and his family. I think about Bobby Robertson. Bobby Robertson pastored at Gospel Light for 62 years, something like that. He's with the Lord now. When he was about 27 years old, he had a nervous breakdown, had a heart attack. One of his own deacons came to him and said, when are you going to resign? said, uh, can't you tell God's finished with you here? <laughs> I, I just cannot imagine what the man faced mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, the spiritual warfare, because he could barely whisper when he did try to go back and preach and had to sit in a chair and they put a microphone up to him and he could just speak above a whisper. You would feel like I would feel and no doubt he felt, I mean... This must be it. But see, we, we think if we're serving God, everything's coming together and everything's going to be fine. That means we're in God's will. And if everything starts coming apart, that means we're not in God's will. So we better look for a way out. Now, I want to tell you that's exactly opposite of what you find in Christ. The path of ease, the path of comfort. I, I'm get away from this trouble. Get away from this trial. I'm going to have to save myself. Be careful because in the end what you're saying is, well, if I can't trust God to save me, at some point I have to save me. I'll tell you, this is, this is reality here. Because Bobby Robertson said, well, God hadn't told me to resign. And then... All those years he pastored and God blessed. Oh, how they ran buses everywhere bringing in hundreds, even a couple thousand at times uh, to Sunday school every Sunday. God used him. Never had more than an eighth grade education, but he became a pastor of pastors all across the country. Just a humble servant of the Lord. And God blessed that ministry. And you know what's amazing about it is I think he lived to be about 86 years old. So think of all of that time that he would have missed in serving the Lord in that place had he given in.
to that sentiment that no doubt others felt, but he felt at times as well. This is the end of me. You know, there's just so many truths here, but let me close with this. I want you to see this in Isaiah 49 because the prophet is prophesying of the Holy One, Israel's Redeemer, which is to come. And it gives us some amazing insight just right along this very line to bring it together here. The Lord hath called me from the womb, we read in chapter 49 of Isaiah in verse 1. And then you read that also in verse 5. And now saith the Lord that formed me from the womb to be His servant. That's also said of Jeremiah. Remember the Lord formed me in my mother's womb and ordained me to be a prophet unto the nations. Life begins at conception. That is clearly taught in God's Word. And children within their mother's womb should be protected because God has designed that life for a specific purpose. We read in verse 2, And he hath made my mouth like a sharp sword in the shadow of his hand hath he hid me, and made me a polished shaft in his quiver hath he hid me. God is he's saying here, God has a timing for me. He's hid me right now, but my time has not come. Remember Jesus said, mine hour is not come. And then the time came when He said, mine hour is come. So there's a timing in what God does in our lives. And said unto me, verse 3, Thou art my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Then I said, I have labored in vain. Do you get this? God said this, but then I said this, Jesus in His humanity studied this. I read this for years and didn't really grasp it. And then I started studying it one day and I thought, who is speaking here? What is being said? This is a picture of Christ, the suffering servant of God, who is going to offer Himself as the Messiah, the promised one sent from God, and He's going to be rejected. He came into His own, and His own what? received him not. Remember they, they railed on him, they mocked him, they spit upon him, put a crown on him. I mean this is someone they hated. And yet he didn't do anybody wrong, he didn't do any sin. He left the glories of heaven to come and bear that. Why would he bear that? The Bible says the Lord, the Father says I've got a purpose, I'm going to be glorified in your life. Then I said now this is where you and I live. Then I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for naught and in vain. Boy, I tell you, when you're hanging on that cross, as it were, and you're really torn and taunted and grappling with what's next and why the Lord has allowed this, those are some of the sentiments the barrage of mine. I've labored in vain. I've spent my strength for naught. I've put my whole heart in this thing. What did it get me? I mean, to what avail? Yet surely my judgment is with the Lord and my work with my God. You know what? This is a picture here of Christ and His humanity being rejected. The human wranglings of His heart and mind. As the Bible teaches us in the garden, He prayed, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Remember, he hungered, he thirsted, he was tired, he was weary. He felt pain. He felt rejection. He lived that. That was his reality. 
And when it came to the taunts of others, it looked like he had just failed. And be careful when the adversary whispers that in your ear. Not only, hey, save yourself, take your life in your own hands, figure it out for yourself. Surely you can do better than where you are and what you're facing. Be careful when you're there, but be careful when you're in the place that he says here, wow, I've spent so much, invested so much, and I've gotten so little in return. You have to come to this place to where you say, no matter what, my judgment is with the Lord. And my work, I'm going to leave it with Him. I'm going to leave it there. I did what I did from my heart is unto Him. And the outcome is in His hands. I'm just going to leave it right there. I don't know about you, but that helps me. Because my God is just. You can't give a cup of cold water in His name that He doesn't have record of. All those visits you made, all those tracts you gave out, all those prayers you prayed, all those times you were misunderstood or misrepresented or someone didn't value your service or even your sacrifice. Hey, by the way, before you give up on serving God because you don't feel valued or appreciated, I'm not saying that we should have that kind of culture. That's not my point because we should value and appreciate one another and we should demonstrate that. But when you're feeling that way, just know that Christ felt that way. You better be careful taking your life in your own hands and say, well, I'll tell you what, I don't, I don't want that. I, I, I mean, I'm trying to do what's good and right, and it's like my service and my sacrifice is for naught. I mean, people just don't even value what I do, the price that I pay. Do you know anyone else who ever felt that way? It's our Savior. People who profess to know him live as though what he did for them is of such little value to them, much less an unbelieving world. I'll tell you, we're serving the God of heaven. Our reward is not altogether in this life. And thank God for the blessings that do come. But our reward is with our Lord in his time, in his way. And I can tell you this, whether it's here or there, if not here, it will be there. And in many ways, it will be in both places, in time and in eternity. Don't lose heart. Our Savior's already trod this path. Do what you do from your heart is unto Him. Say, Lord, I'm just going to leave it with you. I'm going to keep serving by faith. I'm going to keep serving in hope, just knowing that my labor is not in vain in you, Lord. I'm serving to the audience of one. As long as He knows about it, that's all I need. Isn't that right? I worked a bus route for years in my home church. I'd get on that bus early on Sunday morning, We'd ride by a donut shop downtown Salisbury and they would save their leftovers from Saturday and put them in grocery bags for our kids. And our bus driver had already gone by and gotten a couple gallons of milk and some cups, you know, to pour the milk into. And we'd go by there, I'd see myself getting off the bus right now and uh, just enjoying every minute of it. 
and run it into that donut shop and, and uh, they say, here you go. You know, it's like, well, thank you. We appreciate it. And I'm telling you, when those kids got on the bus and we gave them those donuts, they absolutely devoured them. They loved it. And we loved giving them those donuts and a cup of milk. You know what? Nobody saw me. Those kids probably don't remember me, definitely don't know my name. The bus driver, he's long gone. No one else may ever know of those trips Sunday after Sunday. Brother Carl, you remember those trips you've made? Many of them. Brother Cecil's made many of them. Some of you other workers, Ryan, Brandon, working a route, Donald, working a route, taking your family with you, Ronald and his family, working these bus routes. Sometimes you're out there all alone. It's like, <laughs> what am I doing here? I mean, these kids come and go. They don't even know who I am. I want to remind you tonight, that's okay. God knows who you are. And that's all you need is to know that he knows. And he's got a record of that. All those donuts. I mean, I'd feed them donuts. And you talk about donuts on Sunday morning for a bunch of kids who are full of energy in certain measure already. Can you imagine the wrestling matches I got into? I'm not recommending this. But uh, I'd get in the back of the bus and I'd have all of them jump on my back that could get on my back and I'd try to walk up the aisle, you know, pulling myself with the seats there and they would be piling on and piling on and they would be laughing and I'd be laughing. I love those kids. I'll tell you what, I did a lot of things Saturday after Saturday visiting by myself, visiting that bus route, knocking on doors, ministering to those children. I'm telling you, there's a God in heaven who's got a record of that. And I'm going to meet that again in heaven. You say, how do you know that? Because he said that. He promised in his word. And I just believe his word. And whatever you're doing tonight, you just keep doing it for the Lord. You keep serving the Lord. And the taunts of the adversary when you're tired or weary and when things are weighing down on you and you don't feel valued or appreciated and it feels like, wow, this is for naught. It's to no avail. Well, the Bible gives us a picture of that in the humanity of our Savior, with Him grappling with that. And not only in that regard, but on the cross when He was taunted. Save yourself. Do you know what Union County is filled with people who finally believe the taunts of the devil and said, save yourself? What are you doing serving? What are you doing giving? Just live for yourself. Don't worry about it. Stay at home on Sundays. You need more rest. Live for yourself. Take care of yourself. Why are you giving to support missions and others and trying to help other people? Don't people know that you got need yourself? Hey, you better be careful going down that path. You can. Again, it's your choice. But I'm so thankful the Lord has helped these years so many to get their eyes back on Him time and again and say, Lord, but I'm doing this for you. And by your help, I'm going to keep doing it for your glory. I'm going to serve by faith. The fact that Jesus didn't come off the cross is why I believe him. The fact that people rejected him and in his humanity felt like such a failure. He looked that way. They rejected him. They didn't value who he was and what he was offering them and what he did. Sometimes that's the way your service to God is going to be. But I'll tell you what, others may not value who he is and what he did. But I sure do. 
It made all the difference in my life. All the difference in my life. And I'm happy about that tonight. Are you happy about that? That God has saved you and let you serve Him? Thank you for listening to The Shining Light. We pray that this time has been a time of encouragement and blessing to you. The Shining Light is a production of Shining Light Baptist Church, located at 2541 Old Charlotte Highway in Monroe, North Carolina. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to join us. Service times and more information can be found at our website, www.shininglightmonroe.com. You can also watch our services on Facebook and YouTube and connect with us on social media. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.